Welcome to the show on this Friday, September 29th, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's number one source for screen printing and embroidery. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. And if you're still looking to get involved in my 2020 tournament for week four in the NFL, I got some bad news for you. The tournament is all filled up, but don't worry. I'll have another tournament in four more weeks. We're doing it every fourth week during the NFL season. But I will say this. We have talked about possibly adding a couple more uh, in between those weeks. So, and maybe not for 20 bucks a person. This one this week was $20 a person. Twenty Only 20 people could enter. And it's winner takes all. And uh, it filled up quick. So because it filled up so quick, we're thinking about doing a couple more. But at least the regular schedule that we had originally was every fourth week during the NFL season. We'll be running this 2020 tournament on DraftKings. And uh, for people who were looking to maybe also win, for people who were looking to not just steal my money and beat me on DraftKings, but also wanted to win a Picard Club t-shirt because that's what the win is going to get. Well, I got good news for you. You can go to tpublic.com right now. In fact, here's the exact site, tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard, and you can go buy a t-shirt. Go buy a Picard Club t-shirt. Buy more than one. Buy a sweatshirt. Uh, buy a long sleeve shirt. Uh, buy, uh, there's a couple other things. I think coffee mugs you can buy. You can buy a lot of stuff there. So go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard. Again, tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard to go buy some Picard Club merchandise also known as merchandise for this show, the Danny Picard Show. Uh, But I will be giving out a Picard Club t-shirt anytime we do one of these DraftKings contests. That's if you can win. But if you can't win or you couldn't get involved and you tried to sign up too late, you can still go to this website to buy a t-shirt from us right now. So uh, welcome to the show. In fact, one more read for you. Today's show is presented by Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe in Dorchester, And my studio is right down the street, so as usual, I'll be stopping by on my way home to pick up some food to throw on the grill for the Patriots game Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Carolina Panthers. My usual order at Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe, steak tips, chicken, and of course, the delicious sausages that are seasoned with spices straight from Ireland. And speaking of Ireland, if you haven't been to Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe for their Irish breakfast, then I don't know what you're waiting for. This place is a staple in Boston, so stop in today on Adams Corner in Dorchester and let Jeannie and Gordon take care of you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And whether you want to stock your fridge or fill your stomach by eating in their cafe, everything is made to order with the freshest ingredients, Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe. Welcome to the show. Week four in the NFL has begun. Uh, I'm beginning this show a day later than I usually begin it. Usually I give you Mondays and Thursdays. This week was Tuesday and Friday. Next week, I promise I will be back to my regular schedule Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, some things came up this week, and um, I just I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't be there for the regular schedule. Either way, I didn't make you wait too long. Here we are now a day later on Friday. We still have picks, picks coming at the end of today's show. I'll give you five games with the spread for week four in the NFL, mainly just Sunday's games. I'll also give you some DraftKings advice. 
My, I, my segment every at the end of every week is my DraftKings gotta have them play for Sunday's slate. So I got one player that you gotta have and you have to put in your DraftKings lineup for Sunday. I'll give you that before the show's over. And uh, I'll get into what we saw already so far as week four began last night with the Green Bay Packers beating the Chicago Bears 35-14 to in Green Bay. Had a lot going on in this game. You had a weather delay. You had early turnovers. You had early scores. You had a crazy hit that everybody's talking about. I think it was a dirty hit by Danny Trevathan that I'm, I'm shocked he wasn't thrown out of this game. You got plenty of injuries for the Packers. And you also got a Chicago Bears team now at 1-3 and three that it's basically looking like it's only a matter of time until we see the kid Trubisky, who the Bears actually traded up for in this year's this, the past draft, the, the most recent draft. So, um, yeah, you had a lot of stuff going on last night on Thursday Night Football. Week 4 has begun, so I'll get into the NFL. I'll give you my DraftKings, gotta have them play of the week, and I'll give you picks picks for week four. I went three and two last week. I went four and one the week before that. I am nine and six on the season and I'm feeling very good about my picks for week four, five games with the spread. But before we get to any of that, see, we're in the final weekend of the Major League Baseball regular season and I'm not going to ignore the Major League Baseball postseason, especially when the Red Sox are involved. I think it's the best time of year. Like there's Obviously, any time a sports playoffs roll around, you 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 know how much you enjoy that, right? But Major League Baseball, this season is so long, and I get it. It's it's tough to watch an entire 162-game Major League Baseball season. There's a lot of talk around the league right now. How do you speed up the game? How do you get some more interest in the game, just in individual games? I mean, I always look at it like this. I say, you can try to add a pitch clock all you want. But I still think that the diehard baseball fan base, the people who will tune into a game, you know, on a Tuesday night in mid-July, you know, the people who tune into that game, they're still going to tune in. Whether or not you have a pitch clock, and the people that want the pitch clock, when you do institute, or if you do institute a pitch clock, I still don't think those people are going to tune in to those Tuesday night games. Uh, you know, in the middle of July where everybody's having a nice summer night, you know, everyone wants to be outdoors. I, I just don't know that it's going to change that much at the end of the day, but there is that conversation. And the one thing I will say about that conversation is I do believe the season is just way too long. I mean, think about it. These guys show up to spring training now in mid-February for crying out loud, right? I feel like they show up earlier and earlier every single year. And here we are, you know, talking about, in late September, early October, you know, the regular season's still going on. So when you do get to the postseason, it, it, it makes it that much more rewarding, not just for the teams, but I think even for the fans. And someone like myself who loves baseball, who loves watching baseball, I consider myself a season ticket holder uh, throughout all the league. I'm always paying attention. I'm always watching games. I love sitting there watching a baseball game. I'm not complaining about how long it is. I'm not complaining about really anything else in the game, but I certainly can understand the people who look at it and go, hey, I can't pay attention all season. It's just way too long. That, again, is why the postseason is so rewarding, and the Major League Baseball postseason will begin on 
Tuesday. You have the AL Wild Card game on Tuesday. You have the NL Wild Card game on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, the ALDS begins. Both ALDS series are going to be on Thursday of next week. And then Friday, the NLDS games will will be next Friday, as well as ALDS game two. So the playoffs are about to begin. I I should also say this. I mean, you could see a game on Monday. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to even go here because I hope it doesn't get to this point. But the way the Red Sox look right now, they lose last night on Thursday night. They get whooped by the Houston Astros. They're still in first place. They're three games ahead of the Yankees. Now, the Yankees lost last night as well, which means that the magic number for the Red Sox to clinch the AL East goes from two to one. So here it is. Here's the deal with the Red Sox. They have three games left in the regular season. They're all against the Houston Astros, a team they could play in the ALDS beginning next Thursday or this coming Thursday. Three games left. They're all at Fenway. Um, And we're talking about the Red Sox are still playing for something. Now, the Yankees, if they lose one more game in their next three, they're at home against Toronto. The next three games. The Yankees are at home against Toronto the next three. If the Yankees lose one of those games, and by the way, they play today at 1 o'clock. So by the time you listen to this show, before the Red Sox even play tonight against Houston, they might have already clinched the division just with the Yankees losing. Right? And and I guess you could call it backing into the playoffs for the second straight year. But hey, at least to get there, and at least to be winning your division, you won't have to play in the wild card game. But, um, you know, for the Red Sox right now, if the, if the Yankees lose one of their final three games, the Red Sox clinch the division. Or if the Red Sox win one of their final three games against Houston, the Red Sox win the division. If somehow the Yankees, if they, if they beat the Blue Jays, if the New York Yankees sweep the Blue Jays, right? If somehow that happens and the Red Sox get swept by the Astros and lose their next three, to the Astros, because they lost last night. It's a four-game series. They get swept by the Astros. If that happens, if the Yankees win their next three and the Red Sox lose their next three, there will be, and I. this is confirmed. I, I got this. Con- I, you know, I obviously looked it up, and, and we saw what it could be. It's not a, You can go find what the postseason schedule is going to be just by looking at the standings and looking at some of the tiebreakers. But if, if the Yankees win their next three and the Red Sox lose their next three, and I'm talking to you on Friday before tonight's game, If that happens, the Red Sox and Yankees will meet in a one-game playoff to decide the division on Monday. And if you're asking, where will that game take place? I am here to tell you that that game would take place in the Bronx. That game would take place at Yankee Stadium. And uh, that's because the Yankees, they lead the regular season series. The Yankees have won 11 of 19 against the Red Sox this year during the regular season. So that tiebreaker would be Monday in New York. That's what I tiebreaker would be. It would be in the Bronx. And from a Red Sox rotation perspective, y'all looking at whoever started on Wednesday of this week would, would be scheduled to go on normal rest on Monday. Right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they'd be scheduled to go Monday. And that pitcher would be Rick Porcello. Um, how do you feel about Rick Porcello in a one-game playoff to decide the division against the Yankees? How would you feel about that? And uh, if you lost that game, you then would be playing the next night back at Fenway 
against the Minnesota Twins. That's what you'd be doing. <laughs> so it, it it is a it could get wacky. Now things could simple be simplified for us if the Yankees just lose today at one o'clock, or if the Red Sox just win one of their next three. But as we see this team play, as we see this Red Sox team play, and we see how banged up they are, right? You got the Nunez injury. Um, Mookie Betts is dealing with something. Pedroia is dealing with something. You know, you're figuring out what you have with David Price now coming out of the bullpen. Chris Sale has struggled. Eduardo Rodriguez didn't even make it through two innings last night. Rick Porcello, in his last start, uh, he let up a couple home runs. Again, he's let up 38 home runs this season, Rick Porcello. So there are so many questions with this Red Sox team. And perhaps as you get into the postseason, the biggest Question might be, who's going to be the guy offensively to step up in the clutch moments? Because this will be the first postseason in a long time that the Red Sox will not have David Ortiz. And uh, that is a huge issue to me. And I always thought when I looked at this team, well, you went out, you got Chris Sale. You know, you went out and before that, yeah, you acquired David Price. You signed David Price. You made some other moves in the bullpen. Your bullpen looks good. And, um, you know, I just thought the pitching would be able to carry an offense. But now you see a pitching staff that's struggling, a pitching staff that has just as many issues as the offense. So I cannot sit here today on Friday, September 29th, with three games left in the regular season, with the final game of the regular season this Sunday, and Chris Sale is scheduled to go if it means something. And so the Red Sox have decisions to make maybe there, too, if they do clinch the division and sales schedule to pitch Sunday. And, you know, you got game one of the ALDS on Thursday. But, um, you know, I cannot sit here and tell you with confidence that the Red Sox are going to win one of the next three. I just can't do it. And I don't know that the Yankees are going are gonna to lose any of the next three. They might win the next three. It, so as much as I'd hate to even think about that scenario, it's got to be thought of because if you're looking at your schedule for the Major League Baseball postseason next week, which I am, and that's why I'm opening the show with it because it's a great time of year and the postseason, every single pitch matters. I love it. But um, before you actually get to either an ALDS or perhaps even a wild card, you might have to play the Yankees on Monday. You might. Now, you can obviously, you can tr- the Red Sox control their own destiny, all right? They control their own destiny. And all they got to do is win one. Of the next three. Well, you can look at what's Houston playing for. Houston is playing for the number one seed in the American League, which is still possible because Houston and Cleveland, they both have three games left. Now, Cleveland, they have a, they potentially have an easier series because um, they're playing against the Chicago White Sox and it's in Cleveland. But Cleveland has 100 wins. Houston has 99 wins. So, I mean, it's still possible that Houston could get the one seed in the American League, and that means they're playing for something, which means that this is not going to be an easy series for the Red Sox. But all of that said, I still would put my money on the Red Sox either winning one of their next three or the Yankees losing one of their next three. And with the magic number for the Red Sox to win the division being one, if either of those two things happen, the Red Sox winning one in the next three or the Yankees losing one of the next three, the Red Sox would clinch the division. I would put my money on that happening. And I put my money on the Red Sox not having to play in that 
one-game tiebreaker in New York on Monday. But it's got to be brought up because of how the Red Sox are playing, because of some of the concerns that they have with their injuries, and because of, really, what Houston is still playing for. And I'm sure the Yankees know that they're still currently alive for the division as well. So it's got to be brought up. Uh, I don't think it's realistically going to happen now, but, but under that mindset, the question would be, from a Red Sox perspective, and if you're looking at it like me and saying, all right, it, it's not a matter of if, but when they'll clinch the division, if they don't clinch it before Sunday, that's a big deal. Because Chris Sale is currently scheduled to pitch on normal rest Sunday, the season finale, the regular season finale at home against the Houston Astros. If you are still playing for the division by the time the last game of the regular season gets gets here, by the time Sunday gets here, you have to pitch Chris Sale in that game. You have to. Which means that with game one of the ALDS on Thursday, Chris Sale wouldn't be able to pitch game one of the ALDS if, if he went out and, and had them win that game because that would be on short rest. Chris Sale would have to pitch in game two on normal rest of the ALDS next Friday, and it would be Drew Pomeranz on normal rest in game one. Now, based on the way Pomeranz has pitched this season, I don't know that that's an end-of-the-world type scenario, but I think, ideally, you went out and got Chris Sale so that he's your guy in game one of the ALDS, right? And so I think that, in a perfect world, you clinch the division before Sunday's game, And you don't have to pitch Chris Sale. Now, here's where I think it gets a little tricky. Because Chris Sale has not been good. He has struggled. He struggled in the month of August. He has struggled here at times in the month of September. He struggled in his last start. So, I don't know. Does does Chris Sale, at that point, go to the manager and say, I need to get another start under my belt before the postseason begins, and I know that we've clinched everything, but I need to to get out there. In fact, I don't want to sit around and wait eight days to pitch in the postseason because if Chris Sale doesn't pitch Sunday and you did start him game one of the ALDS on Thursday, he'd be pitching on eight days rest. Now, I look at a couple numbers for you. And again, I don't know if Chris Sale's going to feel this way. I don't know if John Farrell's going to feel this way. But Chris Sale, in his career, on six or more days rest, has a 1.88 ERA in 24 starts. On six or more days of rest. So, it does seem like, and we've heard this throughout the year, that this is a guy that that the Red Sox should be resting. Uh, You know, there are times he likes some rest. The numbers do show that. But, you know, there's get an extra rest like five days or six days, and then there's getting eight days rest, eight days off. Just how sharp would you be after eight days off? I don't know what Chris Sale's mindset is. Chris Sale might be going to John Farrell thinking, listen, I know we clinched the division, but I would prefer to pitch game two on normal rest rather than not pitching on Sunday in a meaningless game and then having to wait around for eight days to pitch the next game. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I'd do? I, if I'm John Farrell, I'd say, well, I get news for you. You're getting the extra rest. You're pitching game one of the ALDS. That's why we got you. And if Chris Sale can't figure that out and, and doesn't like that, then then I think I'd have a problem with that mindset from Chris Sale. So let me just give you, I'll give you my postseason rotation right now. And this is with no divisional tiebreaker game Monday. This is with no wild card game. If the Red Sox can clinch the division, All right, then here is my ALDS rotation. Chris Sale, 
on extra rest. If Sunday's game doesn't mean anything, obviously. If Sunday's game means something, you obviously pitch sale. But if they could clinch before Sunday, which is, would, you know, that would be ideal for the Red Sox. I, I would not pitch sale Sunday. I'd throw him on eight days rest in game one. I'd put Pomeranz on extra rest, five days rest in game two. I think the biggest question really would be, what do you do for game three? Eduardo Rodriguez got lit up last night on Thursday night. He didn't even make it through two innings. Rick Porcello, 38 home runs he's allowed this season. Um, you know, I, I just, you could go with Doug Fister. He's a veteran. He's had his issues as well. Uh, and you got the David Price thing sort of hanging over everybody's head. Like, is he going to continue to come out of the bullpen? If he needed to make a start, would, would he make it? I don't think at this point you have David Price making any starts. But I will say this. I would have David Price ready for game three coming out of the bullpen very early to pitch you multiple innings, okay? And to pitch you more than two. Possible. So with that mindset, who is your starter for game three? In my opinion, and I tweeted this out this morning, it's Doug Fister. To me, Doug Fister should be your guy for game three. Um, it's not going to be Rodriguez. He's had opportunities to, to take a, a, that role, and he hasn't, he hasn't went out and, and stolen it. Rick Porcello, in my opinion, Rick Porcello, in my opinion, does not get a start in the ALDS unless you're up 2-1. to one. If you're up 2-1 to one going into Game 4, Rick Porcello, Rick Porcello starts Game 4. If you're down 2-1 going into Game 4, well, Chris Sale pitches. To me, Chris Sale pitches on short rest, on three days rest. That's what I'm doing. I'm not, Rick Porcello, to me, does not get a start in the postseason, in the ALDS at least, unless you're up 2-1. to one. If you're down two to one, then Chris Sale is going on short rest. And that would set you up for Pomeranz on normal rest in a potential game five. That's that's what it would be. But just going back to game three, I'd be putting Doug Fister out there. Doug Fister is my game three starter because when you look at his postseason numbers, Doug Fister is four and two with a 2.60 ERA in eight postseason starts. I'd have Fister. Pitching game three, starting game three with the mindset of, and, and David Price would know this, I'd be telling David Price, be ready. This is not going to be a start for you, but you might be in in the second inning. You might be in in the third inning. You might be pitching three or four innings here, okay? You might be the guy. You might end up being this guy in game three. We're going to give fist to the start because you have not been starting. I get it. You've been coming out of the bullpen. This is a game of routine for certain guys. This has been your routine since you come back. I know you're making all this money to be a starter, but guess what? For right now, and I think you can agree with me, Dave, that guess what? In the postseason, you've been better in the uh, coming out of the bullpen. So for right now, you're going to continue to come out of the pen. We're going fist with game three, but be ready. Be ready. So that's what I'd say to David Price. Fist in game three to start, but David Price being ready very early. Then, depending on what the series is in game four, if you're trailing the series two to one, I'm going with Chris Sale on on short rest, on three days rest. I am. I'm going with him on, on short rest, on three days rest. And and I have confidence that you could force a game five. And if you force the game five, you'd be going back to Pomeranz on normal rest. If you're up two to one going into game four, I'd give the start to Porcello. I would. I'd give it to Porcello. And if you do have a game five after that, you know that you have Chris Sale on extra rest, five days rest for game five, right? So 
But, but it all, it's all going to depend on what the series looks like to that point, whether or not Porcello gets a start in the ALDS. But uh, Porcello only pitches in the ALDS if the Red Sox are up 2-1 going into Game 4. So that, that is my postseason rotation for you. And that should give you a little vibe as to just how jacked up I am uh, about the Major League Baseball postseason. Again, it begins... I, I always say that it begins when the ALDS begins, but if you want to get into the wild cards, Tuesday is the AL wild card game, and Wednesday is the NL wild card game, with the ALDS beginning Thursday and the NLDS beginning on Friday. So uh, whatever happens this week with the Red Sox, I will react to it on Monday's podcast. Real quick before I get into the NFL stuff, um, you know, major story this week was the FBI catching college basketball in a fraud and corruption scandal that's related to their recruiting. And and look, to nobody's surprise, Rick Pitino and Louisville were involved. Uh, Pitino has been placed on unpaid administrative leave, so he's gone. And on Tuesday of this week, it, this is how it all came about. The first bit of news was on Tuesday, 10 men, including a top Adidas executive and four college assistant coaches, were charged with using hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to influence star athletes' choice of schools. Now, this got into, like, shoe sponsorships, agents, even as deep as uh, people who, who handle their clo- clothing and the tailors. I mean, this was this was in-depth. This was big money. You know, Adidas, what, Adidas was using schools. Schools were using Adidas. They had the agents. Again, this was crazy. Payments as much as $150,000. Going to kids, saying, hey, come to our school, come to our school. And, you know, I mention it only because Rick Pitino's a huge name, only because when we hear Rick Pitino's name and we see a scandal, I don't think anybody's surprised when people see Rick Pitino, and especially in this town, and they see some type of failure. I think here in Boston, here in New England, they're reminded of, you know, his his Celtics days and, and that one press conference where he, he's sitting there and he's looking at the media and he says, you know, Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Kevin McHale is not walking through that door. And if they do, they're going to be gray and old. And the negativity in this town sucks. I mean, that is a legendary moment. As much as, as, much as it was a bad moment in Celtics history, it really is a legendary moment in, in Celtics history and really Boston sports history. So Rick Pitino is forever going to be linked to us here in Boston. So we get this type of story with Rick Pitino, and I'm not saying I sit here and root against the guy, but what I am telling you is that, you know, when you turn on ESPN and you turn on some of these national shows and you see a scandal like this and you see that even Pitino being involved, take Pitino out of it for a minute. Just seeing a scandal like this with this much money, you know, bribes to influence players to to go to a certain school and the schools are involved, the agents and, and shoe companies, they don't they seem so shocked on some of these shows like breaking news can't believe this is happening like to me the specifics of this news is new i guess but the concept is not if my point is if you're shocked by any of this whether it's just college sports in general being involved in some type of bribery like this or fraud and corruption scandals if you're shocked by this I feel like you're living on another planet. I really do. I just feel like me and you are not, we're not on the same planet. We're not. And we never will be. I'm not shocked by this. I'm not surprised by it. And, and my point of this rant is I just hate people who act surprised. It's not surprising to me. 
In fact, I'm surprised that we haven't heard about more of these situations because you know they're happening. You know they're happening. The biggest shock to me is that we don't hear about this stuff all the time. The biggest shock to me is that we they haven't started paying college athletes yet, right? So this isn't surprising news, and certainly the fact that Rick Pitino was involved is uh, not a shock either. So that really has been... Uh, one of the biggest sports stories of the week, I guess, at times taking the spotlight off the national anthem and what is happening there in the NFL before games. I went on a little rant to open uh, Monday's podcast, which I recorded on Tuesday of this week. Again, the schedule this week, a little wacky, but uh, my first podcast of this week, I opened the show with a little rant on that and how I felt about the stuff going on in the NFL with the national anthem. And, uh, you know, I think my final thought on it was, I'm no longer going to sit here and analyze what players do before the game during the national anthem because I think we've reached the point of overanalyzing that, like, way too much. <laughs> like, just in, to, to insane levels, to the level in which you have a U.S. military member on the Pittsburgh Steelers who came out for the national anthem who the day after said he had to come out and say he felt bad that he stood for the national anthem because the rest of his team didn't come out for it. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers did uh, last week on Sunday. They said they weren't going to come out for the national anthem. One guy did. Uh, He served in the U.S. military, and a day or two days later, he had to come out and apologize and basically say, you know what, I feel bad for throwing my teammates under the bus. I told you earlier this week, we've reached an overanalyzing point to this where it is insane that somebody who served in the U.S. military has to feel bad for standing for the national anthem. It's insane. That, that guy shouldn't have to feel bad for that. But that's the point we've reached. And that's not me telling you that I don't care about social issues in this country. That's not me telling you that I don't care about some of the causes these guys are trying to raise awareness for. I'm not telling you I don't care about that stuff. I do care. It's just we've reached an insane level in this country where we are overanalyzing what these guys do during the national anthem where everybody's getting so worked up. And and what I do is I don't do politics. I don't get into it. And I told you, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here every week and analyze what these guys do during the national anthem. So we're moving on. We're moving on. I didn't honestly, you want to know? About last night's game, Thursday night, Green Bay, Chicago? I have no idea what they did before the National Anthem. I don't know. Because I just don't care. I don't care what they do or what they did. So I can't even tell you, I can't even sit here today on Friday morning and tell you what they did for the National Anthem. You know what I can tell you? What happened last night? I can tell you that the Green Bay Packers won the game 35-14. I can tell you that the Green Bay Packers is a seven-point favorite at home against the Chicago Bears team that was coming off a big win against those Pittsburgh Steelers. I can tell you that the Green Bay Packers covered the seven-point spread. Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns. Again, you had the weather delay in the first half. Um, Mike Glennon fumbled on the first two Bears possessions. The Packers scored a touchdown on their first two possessions. You had a terrible helmet-to-helmet hit by Danny Trevathan on Devontae Adams that put Adams out of the game. I don't know how Trevathan wasn't ejected. How was he not ejected? He got an unnecessary roughness penalty. That is as bad a hit as I've ever seen, to be honest. And I, based on the fact that Devontae Adams was not going anywhere, the play was essentially stopped, and here comes Trevathan storming in, Helmet to helmet. Like, uh, that's one of the worst hits I've ever seen. He he just got a penalty. He didn't get ejected. 
And um, a lot of people talking about that today. I'm shocked that this guy did not get kicked out of that game. But the Packers suffer another, they have another injury here. Packers continue to get injured. But here they are at three and one. And the Bears, they're now at one and three. And uh, it's only a matter of time that the Bears go to Trubisky. I mean, they traded up from Mike Glennon. They paid him this three-year, $45 million deal. What's he getting, $15 million a season? That's the, the average annual. I don't, he's not going to get all of that 45 mil. There's no way. What was the guaranteed? What was the guaranteed? I don't know the guaranteed. I want to say it was like 18, 20 mil guaranteed or something, something like that. He, he, Mike Glennon could have got 2 million guaranteed and that's 2 million too much. I don't know what Glennon's ever done in this league to show that he deserved that contract. So the Bears, I don't, they might as well go to Trubisky, right? They're one and three, go to Trubisky. What's the worst thing that happens? Like, do you really think you could break the kid? I don't think you could break the kid. I think the worst thing that happens is you struggle and uh, you maybe you get the number one overall pick next year. I don't know. But um, I, I think the Bears, it, it's, it's more likely than not that they make that switch sooner rather than later. So that's what we had to begin week four in the NFL. 15 more games on the schedule this week. And enjoy all these games because beginning next week and week number five, the regularly scheduled buys will begin throughout the NFL. So uh, we've had two teams already have a buy, Tampa Bay and Miami in week one. But that was because of the hurricane. The regularly scheduled buys begin next week, week number five. But right now it's week number four. So let's just take a look at what we got this weekend. Another 9.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff with the New Orleans Saints against the Miami Dolphins in London. We had one last week. The Jaguars just destroyed the Ravens early and often. Hey, they crushed Baltimore. But um, I didn't watch it because I just, that's too much football for me. Again, 9.30 in the morning through midnight, up until midnight, that's way too much football. I love the NFL, but that's too much. I don't watch the early game. But if you want to, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, that's the kickoff in New Orleans, Miami, and London. Just giving you the heads up. I know some people have survivor pools. They need to get it in before that game. Some people just, you know, you want to make picks. You got you to gotta know. That game starts at 9.30 Eastern time in the morning. I think the national story of the week for week four, for me at least, again, I think you'll get a lot of people still looking to see what these teams are going to do before the game during the national anthem. I'm not. The, the national story of week four for me is the divisional dogfights in week four. You got seven divisional games. Uh, obviously, one of them was last night. And when you look at all these divisional games, you got some good ones here. Detroit in Minnesota, Sunday at one. Both of those teams are two and one. Uh, Sam Bradford, I believe he's going to be out again. And Minnesota going back to Case Keenum. Detroit coming off a loss to Atlanta in which Detroit, they they did score late. I thought that should have been a touchdown. They reviewed it. It didn't cross the goal line. They ran 10 seconds off because of the rule. I mean, I didn't think Detroit was going to snap the football anyways. But um, they lost that game to Atlanta, and they lost it late, uh, I guess in somewhat heartbreaking fashion. So Detroit in Minnesota, Pittsburgh in Baltimore, the Steelers, a three-point favorite in Baltimore on the road. Uh, Pittsburgh coming off that loss against Chicago. Baltimore coming off that loss in London against Jacksonville. I don't know if Baltimore is going to be ready for this. Here's what I know. These games, historically, are usually decided in three points or less, by three points or less. So uh, if I had to put my money on this one being close, I would do that. 
And perhaps I'm teasing my DraftKings got to have him play for week four. But uh, I do think there are some players on Pittsburgh that could have a big offensive day, even on the road, even against Baltimore. Perhaps this is a game in which Baltimore still isn't, you know, maybe they're just not right yet coming back uh, to the U.S. after having played that game last week in London. But Pittsburgh, I think, is also due for a big offensive outburst. And this could be the game Sunday at 1 in Baltimore. Tennessee in Houston Sunday at 1. Tennessee in this game is a favorite and uh, I actually picked this game for Picks Picks. I'll tell you who I picked, so I'll save that. I'll wait to get to that. But that's another big divisional game. San Fran in Arizona. The 49ers looking for their first win of the season. Arizona is coming off that loss on Monday Night Football to the Dallas Cowboys. So um, Arizona, yeah, they've struggled this season, certainly. But being at home, a winless 49ers team, I know what San Fran, I know what the 49ers did against the Rams. You know, they did put up some points. They made that game exciting last Thursday. They got some extra rest. Arizona's on the short rest. But, uh, yeah, I just think San Francisco still will take that one at home. Then you have the Oakland Raiders in Denver against the Broncos. Both of these teams 2-1. and one. This is such a big game. Uh, this really, to me... Is This, to me, is the game of the week, Oakland in Denver. Because, you know, a lot of us predicted Oakland to— I predicted Oakland to win this division. A lot of us predicted Oakland to have this great season. They're coming off a loss on Sunday Night Football to the Washington Redskins in D.C. Denver, they're coming off a loss, what, to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, They were in Buffalo in week number three. And I, I don't think that's an easy game. I do think that's a scrappy Buffalo Bills team. But they're both 2-1. and one. They're both battling for the division. They're both looking up at Kansas City at 3-0. and oh. It's a crucial game. This, to me, is the game of the week. It's not going to be Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football is going to be Seattle Indy in Seattle. Um, but to me, the biggest game is this divisional game, Oakland in Denver. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there it is. Those are the divisional games. 7 Divisional games. The one last night, Cincinnati and Cleveland, two winless teams. I don't know if anybody cares about that outside of Cincy and Cleveland. And I don't even know if people in Cincy or Cleveland care about that game. Um, Detroit and Minnesota, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, Tennessee and Houston, San Fran and Arizona, and Oakland in Denver. So that, to me, will be the national story in Week 4, the divisional dogfights. Uh, only two undefeated teams here in Week 4. Kansas City and Atlanta, both a 3-0. and uh, Kansas City, the Chiefs, are going to be playing on Monday Night Football at home against the Washington Redskins. And you have Atlanta. They are going to be playing at home against the Buffalo Bills Sunday at 1. Uh, oh, there are still, while there are only two teams undefeated, there are five teams without a win. That is... Cincinnati and Cleveland, and they both play each other. So one of those teams is going to get a win. One of those teams has to get a win. They're forced to get a win. Um, Those teams still without a win. Then you got San Fran without a win. Then you have the Giants 0-3 without a win. And you have the Chargers at 0-3 without a win. Now, this game is interesting because I hear a lot of people taking San Diego, uh, L.A., whatever the fuck you want to call them. I hear a lot of people taking the Chargers. They're 0-3. They're at home against the 2-1 Philadelphia Eagles team. 
Um, and the Chargers are a favorite. One-point favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on where you look. But, you know, a lot of people taking the Chargers, saying they're going to win their first game. First of all, I would never put money. I'll never put money again on Phillip Rivers. I've done it in the past. You're just asking to be hit with major anxiety while you're paying attention to either the stats of that game, the box score of that game, or even just watching highlights and watching the actual game. I will never put money on Phillip Rivers. The guy is just... I don't know. He gives me anxiety. I look at the box score for the Chargers games and that gives me anxiety thinking about what it would be like to watch Phillip Rivers. I'm so thankful every single day when I wake up that Phillip Rivers is not my quarterback. Is he going to get his first win because they're at home? Haven't they already had three home games? The Chargers? They have, right? They've had three home games this season so far? Let me look at his schedule here. I got this schedule right here. Um... At Denver, they lost in week one. Then they played against Miami and Kansas City. They've had two. This is their third home game. This will be their third home game, and we're only in week four. And you expect me to believe that they're going to beat a 2-1 and one Eagles team? Why? Because they're destined to get a win? That's one thing you don't do. You don't, you don't, you don't bet um, because you think a team needs to get a win or they're due for a win. I, not the char- Some teams, maybe you could do that. Definitely not Phillip Rivers. Definitely not the San Diego Chargers. Um, and again, they're not playing a bunch of stiffs. The Philadelphia Eagles are a good team. The Eagles are a team that I told you is going to win their division. Now, I told you that before we found out that Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to serve as suspension this season. Uh, So with uh, the Dallas Cowboys obviously now looking good at two and one, um, uh, you know, I, 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 if I could take another pick back, if I knew Elliot was going to be playing all season, perhaps I would have taken Dallas to, to win that division again. But my point is that when I pick Philly to win that NFC East, I'm picking them not just because I thought Ezekiel Elliott was going to get suspended but also because I thought the Eagles were an improved team, and I thought Carson Wentz, and, and you know, another with a year under his belt, going into his second season, I just thought he was going to sort of come into his own. And here they are at two and one. I don't think they're going into LA and getting embarrassed. So, um, I, I mean, I would just stay away from it. But what I'm telling you is, a lot of people. It does sound like the sexy pick this week in Week Four is the Chargers as a favorite at home, a one one and a half point favorite at home against Philly. But I would not overlook the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, look, if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be the team that I think they should be this season, then they should go in to LA and beat the Chargers. They should. They should beat the Chargers this week. Uh, but that certainly is not one of my picks because I told you, I just, I, I, I'm not going to ever bet a Phillip Rivers game. I just can't do it. Not, not ever again. It's just not going to happen. So uh, those are some of the national storylines here locally. Story of week four, can the Patriots, can the New England Patriots fix their defensive issues against the Carolina Panthers, or will the Carolina Panthers use the Patriots' weak defense to find their offense, to fix some of their offensive issues? Carolina, they're 2-1. They're led by a Cam Newton who looks banged up. They're led by a Cam Newton who does get hit. And it's a Carolina team that has a banged-up Kelvin Benjamin. Now, if you look at the injury report coming into this game, they're saying Benjamin's going to play. He was full participation 
Yesterday, Thursday at practice, he did not participate Wednesday. He's got the knee injury. He left last weekend's game with the knee injury. But, um, you know, to me, the Carolina Panthers, I, I, while they're at 2-1, and one, and while I do believe that they could fix some things this season and end up being a wild-card team in the NFC, um, I don't think they're going to come into Gillette Stadium and win this game. I don't. I really don't. And uh, I also look at the Patriots injury report, and I see that Rex Burkhead has been the only Patriot missing from practice on Wednesday and Thursday. He's been the only Patriot missing this week. And I'm here to tell you that the Patriots certainly will be able to survive without Rex Burkhead. And if you're telling me that Burkhead's going to be the only Patriot missing, then I'll tell you that the Patriots are going to be certainly just fine. And uh, the Patriots coming off a game in which they had that Late comeback against the Houston Texans, the dramatic win at home. Uh, the Panthers, while they're 2-1, I certainly think you need to look at their schedule. They have not gone up against Murderer's Row. They beat San Fran. They beat Buffalo. And look, they lost to New Orleans in Carolina last weekend. The same New Orleans team that the Patriots beat up on. So um, Carolina only scored 13 points against New Orleans. What did the Patriots score? 36? So, I mean, I, I don't know that this is going to be the toughest test in the world. Based on how Carolina looks through three weeks, I think the Patriots' defense should be good enough, and the Patriots' offense will score some points at home, as we know, and I'm going to take the Patriots to win this game. I'm going to take them to win. So, uh, that's a look at some of the storylines for this one. Here locally, we'll be focused on the Pats and the Panthers. Sunday at 1. This game is on Fox. We're going to have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on the call. So uh, I'll react to it on Monday. But I also have to let you know that that game is part of Picks Picks. So let, let's save some of it for Picks Picks. But before I get to Picks Picks, we might as well get into my DraftKings play of the week. It's the gotta have them play for Sunday's game. And I got to remind you, go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app. And you can play for free by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. And DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest that's totally free to enter this Sunday. And again, my promo code gets you to play for free. $100,000 up for grabs on DraftKings. You can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your friends, DraftKings, also has beginner and casual contests where you play against people of similar skill. The best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment whatsoever. And again, my promo code is PIC, P-I-C, to play for free right now at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app. Let's get to my DraftKings. Gotta have them play for week number four. You know who it is? It's Ben Roethlisberger. That's right. Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I got to also let you know this. Just to give you a background on how good my DraftKings got to have him plays of the week have been. Last week, I told you Kareem Hunt. What did he have? 28 points? Just over 28 DraftKings points? The week before that, I gave you Derek Carr. I think he had somewhere around 22 DraftKings points. Week one was bad. I took Le'Veon Bell in week one. And he has not really been that good. In fact, Le'Veon Bell has not really had that breakout game rushing the football this season. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers, not ideal for Le'Veon Bell. They're in Baltimore. They're going up against Baltimore's defense. Uh, It's a divisional rival, a game that I told you is usually decided by three points or less when these two teams meet. 
And um, I think because of that, there's a lot of questions with regards to the fantasy value in this game. But look, Ben Roethlisberger, look at them this season. He has yet to throw for 300 yards in a game this year, this season. He has. He's yet to throw for 300 yards. And if you look at Baltimore's defense, they were in London last week. They're coming back. I'm not sure how good they're going to look this week. And they allowed 44 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just can't overlook that. I'm sorry, I can't. I know the history with these two teams. You know, I know the potential for a 17-14 game. I get it. But I cannot overlook that the Jaguars scored 44 points and that Blake Bortles threw four TDs against the Baltimore Ravens. I I just can't ignore that. Also, I'm looking at DraftKings, and you know what I usually do? I look to see who the top guys are for each category. The, the most expensive running back is Le'Veon Bell at 8700 Um, The most expensive wide receiver is Antonio Brown at 9300 And that's actually the most expensive player on DraftKings of the week, Antonio Brown, $9,300. So if you're telling me that they're giving the most expensive players to Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, they're obviously expecting... The Steelers to have a nice offensive day. And I'm not necessarily telling you that this is going to be the game Le'Veon Bell rushes for 120 yards, but this could be a game in which Le'Veon Bell is used out of the backfield to get a couple dump-offs and, you know, give us some yards after the catch and come up with some big plays. And I'm going to take Ben Roethlisberger because he's going to be the guy getting them the football. I just think he's due to have one of these big games where he throws for over 300. You saw what Blake Bortles did to this Baltimore defense last weekend. DraftKings is expecting Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to have a big day. And if they do, it's going to be because Big Ben gets them the football. And also, I think everybody is going to have Tom Brady, Gronk, or McCoy. I think everybody's going to have those guys. I do. And I'm not telling you they're going to have a bad week. And in fact, I was tempted to take LaShawn McCoy because he's sort of due for that breakout game. And I do think, and maybe I'm teasing picks picks a little bit, but I do think there's the potential for the Buffalo Bills to have a nice day offensively led by LaShawn McCoy in Atlanta. I was tempted to take McCoy, but I'm thinking, I'm like, I think a lot of people, in fact, most people are going to bank on McCoy having that big day. Most people are going to bank on Brady to Gronk and that stack. Well, I'm not going to be one of those people. My DraftKings, got to have him play for week number four in the NFL, is Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to cost you only $6,000. Tom Brady's the most expensive quarterback on DraftKings this week at $8,000. So you save some money with Big Ben, and you take that money, and you use it on someone like, gee, I don't know, how about Le'Veon Bell at $8,700? That's going to be my stack of the week. Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell, but my gotta have him play for week number four on DraftKings is Ben Roethlisberger. And now it is time for Picks Picks for week number four. Hit the music. I am nine and six on the season. I went three and two last week, four and one the week before that. So you should have some confidence in me that I'm feeling good about my picks right now. But before I get to those, Got to tell you, Picks Picks for Week 4 is presented by Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is Boston's premier tattoo studio, boasting some of the finest talent in New England. Whether you're looking for large custom body work or a classic walk-in tattoo, Ghost in the Machine Tattoo has you covered. Go to their website right now at ghostinthemachinetattoo.com. 
to check out some of their work and some pictures of the new shop they'll be opening on Washington Street in Brighton. Also, check out some of their work on Instagram at ghostinthemachine.tattoo. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is led by Eric Reith, who's internationally recognized for his work. So give Eric and the rest of his artists a call right now at 617-562-4089. That's 617-562-4089. Or again, just walk right in and tell him you want to get inked up and make sure you tell him I sent you. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor, 571 Washington Street in Brighton. Let's get to it. Pick number one for week four. I'm going with the New England Patriots as a nine-point favorite at home over the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers lost their first game of the season in week three last weekend, losing to the New Orleans Saints 34-13 in Carolina. That's the same Saints team that gave up 36 points to the Patriots in week two in New Orleans. Now look, I told you, I think the Panthers are going to make, at some point, a run for a wild card spot in the NFC. But you got to be honest with how they looked at the first three weeks of the season. Their only two wins are against San Fran and Buffalo, and their offense has had some issues. I tell you about Kelvin Benjamin. I didn't mention earlier that Greg Olson is also out. So uh, the Panthers are hurting offensively, and Cam Newton might be hurting too. He's on the injury report, but that doesn't mean he's not playing. He's going to play. He's going to stick it out. Um, He seems like a tough kid, but still, I don't know if toughness is going to win Carolina this game, even though the New England Patriots defense is trying to figure some things out. I think the Patriots at home, they'll be able to score, and uh, I think they should be able to play some defense to the point where uh, they win this game, and I think they win by at least 10. Uh, Again, Carolina against New Orleans in Carolina last week only scored 13 points. The Patriots scored 36 points on the New Orleans Saints the week before that. So it's just, I'm not that concerned about Carolina's offense given their injuries and given how they've looked. And just because they have two wins, you got to go a little bit deeper than that. You got to see what the actual story is. They've beaten two teams that are just not the toughest teams in the league. So I think the Patriots at home should be able to take care of business and they'll do it by more than nine points. I'm taking New England minus nine. Then I'm taking the Tennessee Titans as a two-point favorite over the Houston Texans. This game is Sunday at one in Houston. And look, if anybody knows just how big of a game this is, it's the Tennessee Titans. Both the Titans and the Texans finished last season with a nine and seven record, but it was Houston who went to the playoffs. It was Houston who won the division because they held the tiebreaker, which was the divisional record. So if Tennessee wants to do what I think they should do, which is win the AFC South, they have to go into Houston Sunday at one and beat the Texans. And with this game being only a two-point spread, that does not scare me away. I think Tennessee's going to win, and I think they'll win by more than two. Look, the Titans are coming off a 33-27 win at home last week against the Seattle Seahawks. They're 2-1. Their only loss is coming against the Oakland Raiders in Week 1, and they did put up a fight in that game. So I do believe the Titans are battle-tested. Now, you look at the Texans. Uh, They are coming off a loss against the New England Patriots. Obviously a tough game for them in New England. In fact, it's a game that Houston almost won. But their only win is actually coming against Cincinnati, and it wasn't a very impressive performance. And Houston lost in Week 1 at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The same Jacksonville Jaguars that Tennessee beat in week two 
by a score of 37 to 16. So look, I think this could be as close to a pick'em as you're gonna get in this league, especially right now this early in the season where Tennessee hasn't necessarily separated themselves from the pack just yet. But I expect them to do that. And by doing that, I expect them to go into Houston and win this game. I'm taking Tennessee minus two over the Texans. Then I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half over the Los Angeles Rams. This game is in Dallas Sunday at one. Uh, I, I had the spread earlier at minus seven, but hey, this helps me out going to minus six and a half. That means the Cowboys can win by seven and still can cover for me. So look, the Dallas Cowboys, it's a short week for them because they're coming off a win on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals, 28-17. It's a long week for the Rams. They've had plenty of time to prepare for the Dallas Cowboys because they played the Thursday night game in an impressive win, by the way, over the San Francisco 49ers. I know maybe that statement seems weird, putting impressive win and against the 49ers in the same sentence, but uh, if you watched it, it was. Look, Jared Goff, he looks good. The Rams offense has put up 40 plus points already twice this season. The only question with their offense that I have right now is that Sammy Watkins suffered a concussion. I'm not so sure that we know what his status is gonna be. As I record this podcast, I'm not so sure we know. But um, I do know that the Dallas Cowboys at 2-1 right now, I do know that with Ezekiel Elliott bouncing back with a nice game, what he run for 80 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals on Monday Night Football in Arizona. And Dak Prescott making some of those big plays that he made. He impressed me with two touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown on Monday night. I do think that Dak Prescott, he's not going to have any type of slump this season. Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think you have to worry about him. And some people were questioning his effort level. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to question Ezekiel Elliott long-term when I talk about this entire season with this Cowboys team. Uh, I love the Cowboys in this game. The fact that they're at home, the fact that they're playing against a Rams team that I think a lot of people might be high on because if you do look at the division right now, guess who's in first place in the NFC West? Guess who has sole possession of first place in the NFC West? The LA Rams. They're 2-1. The Seahawks are 1-2, the Cardinals are 1-2, and the 49ers are 0-3. But uh, I just think that they're still in two different leagues. The Cowboys and the Rams are in two different leagues, even though they have the same record right now at 2-1. And, and being at home, and with this spread only being 6.5, I'm going to take Dallas minus 6.5 over the Los Angeles Rams. Then... I'm going with, and this might surprise some people because you know if you listen that I, I've been pumping up the Atlanta Falcons. They're having a great season. I told you before the season began that they were not going to have any type of Super Bowl hangover, and they're proving that they're not having that hangover. Again, the Falcons, one of two teams that are undefeated. They're 3-0. Kansas City is 3-0, but enough about Kansas City. Let's just talk about Atlanta. They are hosting the Buffalo Bills Sunday at 1. The Bills are an 8-point dog. The Buffalo Bills are 2-1. And And in fact, if you look at the standings, the Bills are in first place, or at least are in a tie for first place in the AFC East with the Patriots. I don't think that's going to last much longer. In fact, I think that's going to change after this Sunday with the Patriots beating Carolina and the Bills losing in Atlanta. However, I do think that this is a scrappy Buffalo Bills team. It's a Buffalo Bills team 
that, like I said, is 2-1, is coming off a win over the Denver Broncos. And um, I also think that LaShawn McCoy, and I teased this during my DraftKings se segment, I think that LaShawn McCoy, having rushed for only 30 total yards in the last two games, is due to have a big game. And I think they'll use him to have a big game in Atlanta. It will be possible for that to happen. I think Atlanta wins. But I think Buffalo keeps it somewhat close to the point where they either get a backdoor cover or this ends up being a nail-biter. The Bills are going to be scrappy. The Bills, I think, are going to be able to put up some points if McCoy can bust out of whatever slump he's in. I expect him to do that, and I expect the Bills, while losing the game in Atlanta to the Falcons, I expect the Bills to cover. I'm taking Buffalo plus eight. The Falcons, they're everything that you could say they are right now. They're 3-0. They've beaten Green Bay. They just beat Detroit. They're one of two teams undefeated. And, and being at home, you know, when you look at it just in a vacuum, they probably should just whoop Buffalo in this game. But perhaps this is one of those ones against the scrappy Bills team that maybe... Maybe they they know they're 3-0. Maybe they're looking down in their competition a little bit. And um, I don't know. Maybe they snooze on Buffalo a little bit. Again, I don't think Buffalo wins the game. But I think they're good enough and scrappy enough to cover the eight-point spread. Maybe they lose by seven. That's still a cover. So I'm going to take the points. I'm taking Buffalo plus eight over the Falcons in Atlanta. And my fifth and final pick for week four in the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks, minus 13 at home over the Indianapolis Colts. This game, I think it's pretty simple. And you know what? If you're in a survivor pool, I think this is a nice play for you. It's going to be the play for me. I'm still alive in my survivor pool where you can take, a, you can only take a team once throughout this season. And um, I took, who did I take? So I took Pittsburgh. I've taken Oakland. I took the Patriots last week, and now I'm taking Seattle. They Look, they obviously win this game at home on Sunday Night Football, don't they? Forget about the spread for a second. I mean, I know I pick with the spread. I'll get back to the spread. But just in general, if you think Seattle's going to lose this game at home against Indianapolis on Sunday Night Football, I think you're nuts. Here's why. Indy's coming off their first win of the season. They beat Cleveland. They might be feeling good about themselves. There's no Andrew Luck. It's still Jacoby Brissett. But the Colts, it's not like they went out and beat one of the better teams in the league. They beat one of the worst teams in the league in the Cleveland Browns. All right, they're feeling good. They come to Seattle. Seattle, they're hungry for a win. They're 1-2. and two. Uh, The Seahawks are coming off a loss to the Tennessee Titans on the road. They're coming back home. And, you know, they beat San Francisco in Seattle um, what, a couple weeks ago, but that wasn't a convincing win. Seattle has offensive issues. There's no question about it, but when they're in their own building, put the spread aside for a minute. There is no way that Indy goes into Seattle, a Seattle team that's coming off a loss, that's hungry. It's one of the toughest places to play. There's no way Indy goes into Seattle and wins this game on Sunday Night Football, right? There's just no way. So um, I'm taking Seattle in my survivor pool, and I'm also taking them to close out Picks Picks. They're a 13-point favorite, and um, I just think that the Seahawks at home, look, timing is everything. It's, this is bad timing for the Colts in Week 4. It's so bad timing that I think Seattle has a game in which they finish another team off in their own building. 
I know that I said in that Seattle game against San Fran a couple weeks ago, when I took Seattle with the high spread, I said it was going to be a turnover party, and it wasn't necessarily that, and Seattle just barely won, and I didn't cover. But I do think that the Seahawks are due to start a turnover party in their own building, and it's going to happen on Sunday Night Football for the whole country to see, for the world to see, the Indianapolis Colts turn the football over with that raucous crowd. Place is going to be bumping. The Seahawks are just desperate for a win. They're not going to begin the season one and three, so you know they're winning outright at home. The question is, will they cover the high 13-point spread? And I am going to say, yes, they will. I'm going Seattle minus 13 over the Colts in Seattle. So my picks for week number four in the NFL, New England minus nine, Tennessee minus two, Dallas minus six and a half, Buffalo plus eight, and Seattle minus 13. Picks, picks are presented by Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor. Go to their website right now at ghostinthemachinetattoo.com to check out some of their work and some pictures of the new shop they'll be opening up on Washington Street in Brighton. Again, also check out their Instagram at ghostinthemachine.tattoo. Ghost in the Machine is led by Eric Reith, who's internationally recognized for his work, so give him and the rest of his artists a call right now at 617-562-4089. That's 617-562-4089. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is Boston's premier tattoo studio, boasting some of the finest talent in New England. And whether y'all looking for large custom body work or a classic walk-in tattoo, Ghost in the Machine Tattoo has you covered. Walk in and make sure you tell them I sent you Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor on 571 Washington Street in Brighton. That is it for me. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I'll be back on Monday. I'll be breaking down everything in the NFL. I'll take a look at the Major League Baseball postseason schedule. I'll react to everything that happens in this Red Sox Astro series at Fenway this weekend and any other sports news that breaks. I'll react to it on this show. We got NHL around the corner. The NBA is right around the corner. And um, again, it's really the best time of year with football in the early stages of its season and the Major League Baseball postseason ready to begin. Get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. And uh, also on the Podcast One Network. Go get the Podcast One app right now. You're going to love it. And you can get this show on that app as well. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. I'm out. Talk to you on Monday. <laughs>